Hi friends, welcome to my podcast, Joyful Living. Today we are posing the question, has technology in the classroom improved our education or not? Thought leaders on mass media and technology, Mary Beadle and Thomas Reeves, along with Tim Gorrell, a senior editor from University Business Magazine, and some recent university students, homeschooling mom, and university graduates weigh in with their ideas of technology as a benefit or a cautionary tale. Let's go to the experts first for their ideas on five issues with technology. Through Beadle's presentation at the annual meeting of the Speech Communication Association, we learn that she discovered that the U.S. is the only technopoly or society that has totally surrendered to technology. And this has a major impact on how we in the United States and others around the world perceive reality. She goes on to share that the U.S. entertainment industry dominates as an information sender. Many around the world believe that all of America is comprised of violent, gun-carrying vigilantes because that is how we have been portrayed in the media and TV shows that they have seen. Thomas Reeves found that media and technology are best used as cognitive tools to learn rather than as surrogate teachers. We'll hear hear later on from a homeschool mom who shares in his belief of that as well. He goes on to share that media and technology are only vehicles for the content and pedagogy that educators design into them. This is something that I believe as well. We can use the almost limitless access to information to further our knowledge and study, but it is not a good practice to have as a primary means of instruction. Mr. Reeves further emphasizes content and methods of instruction, not just being fascinated with the latest, greatest software package. We'll talk later on about the progression of technology in schools. Cognitive tools have been around ever since primitive humans used piles of stones, marks on trees, or knots and vines to calculate sums or record events, Mr. Reeves said. Beadle is highly concerned that we as educators determine what actually works by research proof. She too believes that we should make choices for technology use in our classrooms by proven usefulness and not just a great sales pitch. Technology and mass media affects our perceptions of reality. As I mentioned before, the worldwide perception in the United States is heavily influenced by the media images they have seen. It is up to the creators of the media content to determine what is perceived and how they portray reality. This is an important consideration as they prepare their media messages. Speaking of messages... The real question to consider with the media is who is controlling the message. Is there bias? And if so, is it warranted? There is a certain place for bias, but it should be clearly labeled as the opinions and not just the facts of a situation. It should allow for the discernment of the consumer and that content to determine how it affects their perceptions and ideas. While media and technology are linked, so are our educational systems. Tim Gorrell is a higher education writer and shares what a future forward classroom would have. Everything within the classroom is movable and transferable. It allows for more fluid collaboration. 
Students can work within the classroom or instantly connect to experts and professionals via video link, Skype, or Zoom. There's always connectivity and collaboration. It assumes that students will ask good questions and seek answers. They will think broadly across disciplines and make connections in thought and actions. This classroom environment links audio and video with face-to-face -face instruction. This continued link acknowledges that human relationships and interactions are still an important and vital part of our educational experiences. Okay, let's go to some students and educators who have experienced this technological shift. We'll go first to a homeschool mom of two. All right, this is a 59-year-old female. And what was your experience with technology in school? Oh, goodness. Technology in school. Um, I guess a memory beginning in elementary school was when they would bring just a TV in. Mm -hmm. That was the coolest thing because, you know, we had TVs at home, but there was one screen in the home. So to have it in the classroom, that was kind of a new experience, new exciting thing. You would see documentaries. Um, lots of times it would be more the science type films that they would show. But I mean, you have to remember this was 68, 69, 70. Um, occasionally there might be a cassette recorder used mm -hmm. or a cassette player and we would sit and listen to whatever information was being presented then. Uh, later in jumping from elementary middle school to high school, the technology was introduced um, with the electric typewriter, which may sound archaic, but actually before then, you know, most people, if they had a typewriter at home, they would have a manual. So mm -hmm. some people, and Business offices, of course, would have electric typewriters, and that was phenomenal to us. But I think the, one of the best things about it was it taking a typing class with the typewriter prepares my generation for later being able to transition easily to a computer keyboard. So you already had the skill set down that you could type quickly. You weren't finger pecking and you weren't having to learn that. You had already had instruction in it. So mm -hmm. combining the technology and the experience. Um, at that time, and I graduated in 1980 from high school. So my junior, senior year, a lot of students were learning data processing in classes. And that would be the precursor to moving in the computer error, but, um, or era, <laughs> but um, no one, of course, had anything like personal computers or anything of that nature, and even in college, we did not have personal computers, so you did everything, you typed it, and you retyped if you made errors. Um, then it was not until, I guess, even graduating, trying to remember, did we use computers very much graduating in 1984 for just your standard um, 
instruction or searching. It was more for things you had to research, you would be using going back to card catalogs and searching <laughs> in the library. And there was nothing. In a book? In a book. Oh. A, <laughs> a book with pages and you had to read. You could not even punch in one word and have everything at your fingertips. Um, so that was, that was a big component of, of how we experienced technology. It wasn't until later when I was homeschooling my children that technology was used in, in their school life. What did you use with them or what did they use in conjunction with their schooling? Um, in conjunction, because we primarily went with the concept of using living books, things that um, were giving you information, you were reading, you were experiencing a lot of experiential hands-on learning. Um, but when we did use technology, we started off introducing them to different topics through the use of games. And um, that was that was a great way in the early years, the preschool years, and later on we would use um, some history lessons to enrich but not replace mm -hmm. a lot of the books and things of that nature. Later in their high school years, they did have technology being used for their some of their curriculums would be DVD oriented. Okay. So after basics had been more introduced in the yeah. early years. And do you have any cautions for either parents or teachers in using technology? Absolutely. I would say one of the cautions would be do not replace your face-to-face -face time that whether it's one-on-one -on -one or in a classroom setting, that human component brings the connection real to life. A screen cannot do that. A um, computer itself does not replace the human aspects. And you, sometimes you may just think it's easier to have all the kids working on something on the computer, but I think you actually need to monitor their timing. And I think they learn better with um, other types of components being primary and using technology as a come alongside. Mm -hmm. so that's Thank it. you very much. You're welcome. Now let's hear from a current university student. This is an interview with a 22-year-old female. What's up? <laughs> what was your experience with technology in the classroom or in your educational setting? Well, going back to like elementary school and stuff, it was very like materials-based. We had stuff like blocks. We had stuff like beads because it was a Montessori classroom. We were trying to... Um, get a tactile learning experience, trying to learn that way. And then middle school transitioning into high school, it became a lot more paper and pen. We're gonna try to learn how to do some graphing on a computer maybe. We weren't really allowed to touch the computer until middle school. Um, although we did have typing mm -hmm. activities, I think. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then it was very basic in middle school. We were trying to do like, all right, you're going to write your paper on a Word document instead of on a yellow legal pad. <laughs> um, and kind of what the formatting of that should look like. And then in high school, it became a whirlwind of different document type things. Um, Did you use Google Classroom in high school? Mm-mm. But about halfway through high school is when like Google Docs and okay. the Google Drive itself became a really big opportunity. And we had a librarian at the school who was very big onto, all right, we're going to try all these initiatives to make Google Drive the main thing. So all of my high school documents are on Google Drive because okay. I could work on papers with other students. Sure. I could yeah. make a whole Google presentation instead of having to do it at home on a desktop on PowerPoint that right. was a little out of date. We could do it <laughs> on a Google Slides that was, you could save it immediately. Yes. It was automatically doing all of that. And then you even had a 3D printer at your school, didn't you? We did. Um, that was a really big thing that started in about my junior year. So they had like a 3D printing club. And so <laughs> I went to a couple meetings of that of, okay, how on earth do we make this idea we have in our head to a tiny little object made by filament just going in circles, building it up. Uh-uh. The... 3D printer then became a much bigger thing in college. Mm. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are in the engineering program who they use it for basically everything. Oh, wow. From everything from like a little piece of plastic to like they even have 3D printers that can do metal now. Um, very high tech in ways I don't understand. <laughs> um, also, going back to high school is when I first learned like photo editing software a little bit. We did a lot of Photoshop. We did a little bit with the Adobe Suite outside of Photoshop, but it was largely Photoshop. And I had a whole class of just our teacher designed projects. Mm. We followed each step that she put forth every day. And it was really cool. <laughs> it was very hard. Right. And then in college, it became a lot more of, all right, we're going back to Word documents. <laughs> we're going back to, that's what the professors are more familiar with. A bit of expediency also. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it's expected that everybody knows how to use it from student to teacher. Sure. Mm. And the cutting edge technology that we saw happening in high school became much more of especially in the pandemic how do we account for virtual learning how okay. do we account for providing lectures when we're not in a classroom right. we can't have everybody staring at the same powerpoint and mm -hmm. guaranteed to have their attention in yeah. physical space for about 50 minutes at least uh, i had some professors who just put up a PowerPoint <laughs> online and Here expected us to learn from that without right. any audio. You were taking statistics at the time? I was taking statistics. I went from relying exclusively on lecture content mm -hmm. to understand any of what was going on in that class to then just any Khan Academy video I could find, <laughs> any like 
there are a lot of YouTube videos that are specifically for educational content okay. that became integral to my learning during yes. the pandemic. What are some cautions that you have for technology in the classroom specifically, or what are some advantages that you see to having technology in the classroom? Um, I think some cautions would be it's really, really, really easy to get distracted. Mm. Um, if you're sending in a Zoom call and you aren't required to have your camera on or oh, whatever, yeah. you can be in the other room doing your dishes or anything else. Mm-hmm. And you're still attending class in quotations. Yes. Like, it's not the same as seeing someone at the front who can stare at you in your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can kind of check out a lot, which was something I did a lot because I feel like I didn't learn anything when I was doing Zoom classes Okay. a lot. I was that getting, impact I was, your decision to go back to campus? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I mean, I might have still been in those Zoom calls, but I at least didn't have the option to safely attend in person. Mm-hmm. Some advantages are it's a lot easier to get information for research. Oh, for yeah. All sorts of things. We have, at my school, we have a huge database of other databases. Oh, wow that we get access to just by paying our tuition. Mm-hmm. That is a huge advantage, true. And so I could be reading a journal published in Zimbabwe that's been translated to English from my little Georgia apartment. <laughs> like, that would be impossible without yeah. Yeah. that sort of database system. Absolutely. Do you have any other questions for me? I really appreciate your time and your insights. Thank you very much. Audio thumbs up. (laughs) Finally, we will hear from a recent graduate in the communications field. All right. What do you want to ask me? So this is a 25-year-old. And how has technology influenced your education? Um... I was supposed to be thinking about it this whole time, and I didn't think about it at all. Um, <laughs> do you want to ask me again so that you don't have to edit this audio? Compare it with an 82-year-old. An Well, first we had stone tablets. <laughs> and then, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Actually, I think, oh, that was something that came with one of my dolls. We did have a stone tablet. Um, no, in school, I feel like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're distracting me. <laughs> All right, ask me the question again, Mom, so you, don't, you really don't have to edit this. <laughs> what was your experience with technology in school? Um, I think my earliest memory of technology in school is we had these kind of community computers when I was in the first grade and they were large desktop computers um they took up pretty much the whole desk and we had like four or five in this 
it was it was technically a hallway between classrooms, but they called it the computer lab. And I remember it was really slow. Um, and we mostly would do, like, we would have, I guess, assessments that we would take on those. Didn't you do reading? And then the yeah, it was, like, reading levels. games, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I guess that was the assessment, is that, like, we would, but it, it felt like a computer game, the way that they did it. And I would play with computer games at home, so I really liked that aspect of it. But I was, I was always a really big reader, and so... You know, being in Montessori, they, they would let you choose, like, what you wanted to do that day. And they finally clued in when I kept every day wanting to do the reading assessments because it was just, like, fun for me. That was kind of the earliest. And I feel like technology wasn't – I mean, we always watched, like, videos and stuff in classes growing up. And I was a little bit younger than, I guess, the generation that would have the big TV that rolled in. (laughs) Me mostly, my classes, especially in high school, all of my classes had projectors inside the classroom. And they would roll down the big screen over the whiteboard. So you had whiteboards for the teachers. Were they smart boards or just? Um, My junior year, we got a smart board, but no one knew how to work it. So it they mostly were like ignored it my the year that I was there and just wrote on the whiteboard with a dry erase marker um and then like on a movie day or whatever they would roll it down and use the projector and they would like it wasn't a dvd they would stream it from their computer because we all the teachers had computers in the classrooms but we did it in high school okay um but then in college, like, everyone had a laptop, basically, and would take notes on their laptop. But I, I didn't – I found I didn't learn the material as well if I took notes on my laptop. So I usually still had notebooks. But all of my assignments were on my laptop. and Because a lot of my assignments were electronic in college. So I would submit them all online, even if I was in in-person classes for lectures and that kind of thing. It was, we had like a system through UGA, University of Georgia, that would um, accept homework for you. And that, that was the way that they were able to have deadlines because it would be by like 11.59 p.m. whenever it was due. And you can't really fake it on a computer. Timestamp. Exactly. Or like they were able to set it up so that you just could not submit after that time. Yeah, like the submission would close, um, so you couldn't really fake it. So it was nice with kind of some of the more old school professors when they would ask for a hard copy in class because you could write it up until <laughs> five minutes before the class, and then we would have these printing kiosks throughout all of campus, and you would send it to um, you would send it electronically, like over email, basically. Yeah. and then print it through there so you didn't have to have a printer anymore and you didn't have to pay for print and copy I mean it costs on the kiosks but it was like I think it was like five cents per page versus if you went to print and copy it was like 95 or something okay. so I'm trying to think if there's anything else technology wise 
Oh, we talked a lot about in my college, like journalism classes, we talked a lot about technology. So we talked about microphones, we talked about different cameras, video cameras, that kind of thing. Do you feel that it has enhanced your learning? Um, yes and no. I think we live in a very technical world. And so I feel like because I have that background, I'm able to adapt and pick up technology pretty quickly. Like when I'm on the when I'm working and I'm introduced to new technology, I have that background. But I think, like I was saying earlier with the notes, I think that there were a lot of kids growing up that probably would have benefited from doing it more the non-technological way, technological way. Um, but we're used to that easy. And I remember talking, one of my professors was talking about how spelling has gotten a lot worse since computers have come come on the scene because spell check does it for you and so a lot of people don't know how to spell anything so I think about that a lot and I try because of that like I I guess it wasn't a professor I think that was like a teacher told me that when I was like 12 and so since then I try to always I try and spell the word the word at least two or three times before I use spell check to try and combat that. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate your insights. Yeah, thank you. As each of these professionals, students, authors, and educators have attested, technology can be a monumental benefit to the educational experience. It comes with considerations and costs. There is a need to balance in the implementation, usefulness, and maintaining a clear and accurate messaging must be considered. We cannot turn our classrooms over to the newest software or program. We must maintain the human relationships that give context to the technology. Future efforts to integrate media and technology into education must be guided by stronger research and evaluation, said Thomas Reeves. As my mama always says, use the good brain God gave you. And this is especially true in this media-driven world. We have to use our brains to evaluate the information and technology that we consume. These are just another tool to further our human experience. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you have... Joyful living.